to The Fulfilled Accountant, the podcast that teaches you how to actually enjoy your work as an accounting or finance professional and have a life. Learn the tools to live with less stress and feel fulfilled, happy, and valuable while also creating the success you desire in your career. If you're finished playing the game by outdated rules, you're in the right place. I'm your host, former accountant and multi-passionate entrepreneur turned life coach, Sarah Nemechek. Welcome back to the Fulfilled Accountant Podcast, where we talk about everything about your life in accounting and finance, except the actual accounting and finance. Today, I want to talk about one of the biggest challenges accounting firm owners face on the day-to-day, managing employees. Listen, I know that you know your team is incredibly important to the success of your firm and the satisfaction of your clients. And I'm guessing you put a lot of effort into hiring, training, and retaining a highly skilled team. However, beyond all of that, you actually need to manage them well so they will do the work that you want and do it well. And this is where so many business owners struggle. And sometimes I think it's even harder for firms like accounting firms or financial services firms because so much of your team is educated and trained in mostly the same thing. So you're all kind of experts at the same thing. So you kind of think, shouldn't they just get it? Like we're all here with the same degrees, the same licenses, the same certification. What gives? Why is it so hard to get your team to figure it out? How do you get them to do what they're supposed to do? How do you get them to do it well? And then also actually do it regularly on time and without you having to constantly hold their hand and clean up their mistakes. And even if your firm is doing great, which probably is the case, I guarantee you have felt this frustration at least once in the last week. And with that, you probably also have frustrations like, I can't take time off and actually unplug when I go home for the night or the weekend or especially on vacation? Are you constantly checking your phone, waiting for the next crisis, and wondering why they can't just figure it out and keep the firm running while you're not continually breathing down their necks, telling them what to do? And then you probably are like, well, is it me or is it them? Are they really so terrible at their job? Am I not really good at managing? Am I a bad boss? Like, What's really missing here? The answer actually lies in your own clarity and communication of expectations and your commitment to holding your team accountable to those expectations. Most likely, your employees are highly skilled and really want to do a good job. But the problem is this. Employees, no matter how amazing they are, are not mind readers. It doesn't matter if they're smart, friendly, have great intuition. You need to be able to tell them exactly what you want and what you want that to look like. And when you first start a firm, you might have one or two people on your team, and you probably have a lot of very informal communication happening. So you think your team is reading your mind and really gets you and they're so amazing. But as you grow, things start to not work out the same way anymore. And as you hire more people, that communication starts to kind of shut down and get more complicated and be confusing. That breakdown of communication and results happens because your team wasn't actually reading your mind. As you grow, your own brain is getting stretched in so many directions and you're feeling stressed and probably have a lot of your own confusion. You're like, I just got to make this firm work. What are all the ways that we grow? And so you are having all this lack of clarity in your own brain, which then translates into behaviors like avoiding communicating, hoping things will just take care of themselves. People will figure it out. Or when you do communicate, maybe you say one thing, but you do something different or it's confusing or you change your message sometimes. So your team is feeling like, I don't know what's going on. This feels very inconsistent and they don't know what to do. It kind of shuts them down in that process. And listen, I have talked to a lot of employees who really love and respect their leaders and want to do well in their companies, but also feel extremely confused by the communications they receive. So it is 
very possible that this is you. And that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong or that you're bad as a leader. It means pay attention. There are some good things in here that could help you improve your firm and give yourself a life back. The solution to all this confusion and frustration for both you and your team is to figure out what you really want from them and then clearly tell them over and over and follow through with accountability for you and for them over and over. It sounds really simple, right? But as with most things, I get it. It's easier said than done. So where do you start? Start with you and the firm at a high level. I know we all want to jump in and be like, well, here's what I want the employees to do. They need to do this better, blah, blah, blah. Let's figure this out. But you really want to start high up and decide, what do I actually want for this firm? What do I value? What do I like about having my own firm? What is our philosophy? Some of those kinds of questions, right? And then ask, is that how you're actually approaching the business right now? And does that make sense with how you'd like to approach the business? So often I see founders who have one vision going into thing, and then it gets lost somewhere in there because... You think there's all these rules you have to follow and things that should be done for a good business, but it has nothing to do with what you actually want to do or how you do things. And then it just makes you feel really confused and crazy. It's really important to decide what you want for your business and realize if you're making decisions and setting goals based on what you want or on what you think you should do, and then decide what you actually want and put that in place. And here's the thing. Employees can see right through leaders who say one thing, but act differently. And you don't have to be smarmy to be this person. It's actually very common to have big lofty goals, beautifully stated corporate missions and value statements, but act completely opposite of that or sometimes be a little inconsistent because maybe you are kind of arguing that in your own brain. And like I said, that comes because when you're making those high level value statements and philosophies for the firm and having your mission statement, you're really thinking, here's what it should be. This is what people would expect from me. This will make me look good, something like that. So the sooner you can figure out what you actually want versus what you put in place and you can fix that, the sooner you can get your team back on track with your actual values and goals. And once you know what your true value as a firm, philosophy, et cetera, is, the next step is to decide how each person in the firm fits into your overall vision. How does their work contribute to the firm's goals? And then clearly identify your expectations for how they will fill their role. So often, a firm is structured based on cranking out the work, making sales, getting things done, which is important, of course, but it's not always aligned with what makes sense for your particular niche, your clients, and even your values. For example, you probably have an expectation that each staff should, say, prepare five returns per week or work 40 hours in the office, something like that. Those sound obvious, right? Like, yeah, that's a good expectation. But let's say, okay, so they did five returns. And they were in the office for 40 hours. But you're like, yeah, but they're really not cutting it. They're like, they are really poor performers. You need to get more detailed. What is your actual expectation? Maybe what you really meant was you want them to finish five returns that they can hand off to a manager for review, clear comments on three other returns, ensure that five other returns are finalized, printed, signed, and filed each week, and that they're doing productive work for 30 of the 40 hours and 10 hours can be on GNA admin type work. That's much more specific. And it's also easier to discuss with them when something is off. You can trust yourself and trust them and have a real conversation instead of, well, I don't know, you just, you just aren't doing a good job. I don't know. That doesn't help either of you. You also probably have expectations in your head about how the return should be prepared or how work papers should look 
not only should a return be prepared, but I should be able to go in and see your work process. What assumptions did you make? Why did you make them? What questions did you ask? Maybe see a paper trail of conversations had with clients. You want to be clear about those standards as well and have a way either to measure it or check it or have a discussion about it when you feel like something might have been lost in the process. Because without all those clear standards and communicating them and discussing them with people, everyone will feel confused. You will wonder if you're justified for being mad at them because they did get those five returns done, but they didn't do work papers. But did I tell them to do work papers? And you'd be all in your head. And they're going to be like, well, I don't understand why you're upset with me. I did exactly what you said. I did five returns. It's really all those unspoken, assumed expectations that get messy. And that's why you need to have them either written or stated out loud, something where you go through the process where you can make it very clear to everyone in your firm what the actual process is. People really need to understand how their work, however detailed, fits into the vision of the firm's growth. And they need your actions to back that up. They need to clearly understand their role, their responsibilities, their authority, their limits, and how all of that supports the goals. And to see how their daily work and their daily actions and what they choose for like every hour basically fits within that. And if you don't hold them accountable, they wonder why it matters if they do the things, whether they meet a quota, whether they write clear explanations in their work papers, whether they work their 40 hours. Like there are so many things that they're just like, do I really need to do this? Does anyone care? Will anyone notice? Does this make a difference? Now, listen, I've told you a lot of things that you need to do, right? It sounds kind of annoying and like hard work. And yes, it is going to take some time and effort on your part, but it is the kind of stuff that once you do it, it makes your life so much easier on the other side. And yeah, you're going to have to make some decisions and you're going to commit to following through on them. That's some of the hardest work we actually do as business owners. And then following through on them means resisting the urge to change your mind before you fully tested something and resisting the urge to jump in and micromanage or just do it yourself when they screw up. Honestly, it's work that you may want to try to tackle over the course of a year, depending on how much change you really want to make. That doesn't mean put it off for four months and then start. It means start now but break it into chunks and know that it's going to be an iterative process that you change like one thing at a time. It's much easier to do a little bit at a time than it is to just do a complete overhaul and expect everyone to be able to do it, including yourself. Doing this work takes very clear communication from you, repeatedly and consistently. Seriously, sometimes people need to hear things as many as eight times to actually take it in and embrace the new information. But that's how you get a team who understands the mission trusts you as the leader and thinks that you're actually on their same team and can actually follow through. So say the same thing over and over every time you communicate with your team, even if it feels ridiculous and redundant. And make sure that your own actions are consistent with what you say, because they will see right through that. And I really want to emphasize the following through on the expectations, because you really have to have accountability for your team. You can have the most perfectly crafted mission statement, job descriptions, clear expectations written out, a detailed manual for how to perform all the procedures and functions in the firm, and all of it can be rendered completely useless if you don't actually follow through on them. People care about these things. If you're going to take the time to write it out and communicate it, make sure that you actually follow it as well. And what does following through look like? Basically, if people did a great job, tell them. If not, Also tell them, in simple terms, focused on the specific issue. You don't need to berate or punish people when they make mistakes or when they don't meet expectation. And you, but you do need to 
clearly point out which expectations were not met, when, and what you want done to both remedy the current situation and to not repeat the mistake again. It also means if you say this is how we do it, you also follow those rules. A lot of people love to put these rules in place. It sounds great. This makes sense. Maybe you've worked with a strategist or a coach to tell you like, here's what you should do. But when you go to actually do it, you're like, yeah, but it would be so much faster if I just did this. If I could just talk to this person or let them come straight to me and like circumvent this policy or procedure that we put in place. It's great for a one-off, but it really sends the wrong message and it really confuses people and then it interrupts the whole process anyway. And so it's like, why do we bother putting this in place when even our boss doesn't follow it? So you really want to make sure you like the process you're putting in place and that you're willing to follow it as well. The following through, it's going to take time out of your day at first. And it's going to be uncomfortable because it is going to be different than what you're used to. But it really will be worth it when your team stops needing you to solve all their problems, answer their questions, and validate all their need for knowing that they did it right and that they're good people. The best advice I can give you on actually doing that is to think of yourself as a mentor when giving feedback. You're there to help your employees develop and thrive professionally. Believe that anything that you do to help them learn and figure this stuff out for themselves is actually serving you, them, your clients, and the firm. Because when you make them figure things out and you're just there as a support person, their brains get smarter. They start figuring things out. They can come up with new ideas and make things even better from there. You are not there to outshine your employees. You're not there to make them feel like crap or to do the work for them. Because, like I said, none of those are actually going to help them learn or change. People really do work best when they have certainty around their role, their responsibilities, their expectations, their authority, and the response they will receive from leadership when they screw up or when they do things well. Create structure, clarity, and certainty for your team with clear expectations. So remember, don't ask your team to read your mind and try to please you without giving them clear guidelines for what that even looks like. Once you give them clear guidelines and expectations, make sure that you do the work on yourself to also follow those expectations and to provide them with accountability and to hold yourself accountable. Your team will respect you for this. They will do better work and they will actually enjoy the work more. And you will get to enjoy time away from work, like evenings, weekends, and vacations, and the comfort and relaxation of knowing that your team has got this. And if you're wondering when you should start this process, Really, any time that you decide, hey, I'd like things to be different going forward, that's a good time. That's when you're like, okay, I'm on board. I have a reason to do this. I'm invested in this change. That said, your brain is also likely to be more engaged in the process if you're between big projects or deadlines. So when you're not in busy season, it's a great time to start. If you can do both things while you're in busy season, that also works. I've done both with clients and had great results. It's really based on you and your brain and what you're willing to do. You could start this process right now, before busy season. Just imagine what it would like to actually have a life and some sanity this busy season and feel confident that your team is ready for all the work you want to throw their way and that they can handle it and that you're going to be able to grow your firm. How amazing would that be? Thanks for tuning in as always and have a great week. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. 
Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Find up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at sarahnemachek.com. Mm-hmm.